Hello and welcome to the podcast English for Life in the UK. This podcast is for anyone who wants to improve their English and at the same time learn more about life in this country. If you want to get the transcript for this episode and to find all our other episodes, you can do this on our website details of which are available at the end of this episode. Today we're going to talk about Christmas in the United Kingdom. In the first part, I'm going to talk with Christine and Sheena about some of the traditions and history of Christmas celebrations in this country. And in the second part, I'm going to interview the vicar of St Augustine's, to talk about the importance of Christmas to Christians. I hope you find this episode useful and interesting. And I'm joined today by Sheena and Christine. Sheena, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Mark. I've had a very Christmassy day. I've met some friends, socially distanced, and um, exchanged Christmas presents. So it was very nice to see them. Very nice to have a little chat to see how they were. And it was nice to be able to give Christmas presents to them. So I feel quite Christmassy. That's lovely. Christine, how are you? Well, I I too have met some friends. I mean, we we went for a walk and it was very wild weather today, very windy. And we're trying to find a public place where we can meet up because we're allowed to meet up in a public place. And so we we managed to find a bench where... um, couple of people could sit and there, there were a couple of us um, uh, just talking. So we so we ate sandwiches and chatted. I get, and we talk and we talk mainly about our plans. For That's Christmas. lovely. Well, I, I had a I went for a nice walk with one of my grandchildren up into the woods near our house, which was lovely. Um, and I was looking after him because his school had finished for Christmas, but his parents were still working. So. I did a bit of child care uh, for them today. So, um, Very as nice. you may have already gathered, uh, we're recording this on the 19th, I think it is, of December. And uh, that means we're just coming up to Christmas, just a few days to go to Christmas. So we thought we'd do an episode about Christmas in the UK. Um, and I think, Sheena, you're going to start us off with a bit of history and how that relates to what we do traditionally these days. Uh, Yes, just a little bit. Um, I was doing some research for a quiz with St Augustine's and I always wondered how all the different elements of Christmas fitted together. I never knew why we had wreaths on our doors, why we had branches of evergreen in the house sometimes. Um, and the candles and the decorating the Christmas trees. So I was really interested to read um, how, you know, 
thousands of years ago, people around this time of year when it was very dark have always had some kind of celebration to celebrate the um, the longer days, the winter solstice. So basically, you know, after the the shortest day, that in future the days are going to get lighter. And it seems in lots of countries like Iran and Egypt that 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 was was happening and has been happening for a very long time. Um, and it would also be a time when people would always get together with families and celebrate as well in the way that we do now. Um, and I was I was interested in things like the Yule log, because at Christmas, when we eat, we sometimes have a Yule log. Um, and to find that, that that goes back to, you know, um, the, the Norse and, and to um, Northern Europeans who celebrated Odin to celebrate him at, at this same time, at this solstice time, and to find that people, the idea was that um, a member of the family would bring the log into the house and they would keep that log burning for up to 12 days. Um, and that and then the the festivities the feast and the celebrating would be carrying on as long as that log would burn i just found that interesting because we have the 12 days of christmas now even though it's a more christian celebration so i found that interesting i also found the idea that um, for odin they decorated trees to 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 please the god so that there would be a spring and you know everything would renew itself eventually so they would decorate trees with carvings and they would have bonfires so again that idea of light and candles that we have inside churches and things now and and inside our own home i was also interested in and confused by was the idea of santa claus and how how we how we those two things fit together the idea of the birth of christ and Santa Claus. And I think, Mark, you might be able to tell us a little bit more about that, can you? Yes, well, certainly, obviously, uh, Christmas became a Christian festival um, for quite a, um, in, in the early period after Christ. Um, and then uh, we get something, there is a, um, a legend called the legend of Saint Nicholas, now, St. Nicholas seems to have been a person living around 300 AD in what is modern day Turkey. And this person was celebrated for um, doing good works and particularly for uh, looking after children, children and sailors, interestingly. Mm -hmm. um, so St. Nicholas became an important character in the Christian tradition at, at that time but not a lot more happened about that until into the 18th and 19th centuries and then both in Europe and in America in particular in the USA the idea of somebody who became called Santa Claus that's certainly the 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 name that he was given in America more commonly in England in Britain it was called Father Christmas 
and it was a it was a character that was based on this idea of of saint nicholas so that's kind of where all of that comes from and i suppose um that if i think about the kind of christmas that i've been used to having both as a child and as i've grown up and had children and now grandchildren it has been around some of those things that you've already talked about there sheena so we've always had a christmas tree which was which is decorated and usually goes up ooh, a couple of weeks before christmas um we've always had this idea of an advent calendar which is a calendar where you open a little window every day between uh, the beginning of december and christmas day um in 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 my childhood you just opened this little window and there was a picture inside it mm -hmm. these days you get chocolates and presents and all sorts of things in, in there but that's always been part of that tradition and is still for my children and then when you get to to towards christmas day itself then this is where santa claus and father christmas comes in and uh, the legend is that uh, this this character santa claus um, sets out from the North Pole with presents for all the children and uh, comes by sleigh pulled by reindeer and they uh, land on the roofs of every house and Father Christmas goes down the chimney and leaves presents for the children around the tree. And um, that, that story um, has still seems to me to be quite commonly told um, it, certainly in Britain, but also in large parts of Europe and North America. And there are different versions of it in, in different countries. Um, but certainly for my children and now my grandchildren, uh, this idea that they go to bed on uh, Christmas Eve, so the day before Christmas, and they put a stocking, so a large sock at the end of their bed, and when they wake up in the morning, there are lots of presents, presents around the Christmas tree and their stockings are full of presents. And those have been brought by Father Christmas. Um, but that, that's been the kind of uh, tradition that I've been used to. I was brought up in a Christian family. And so there was the Christian side of Christmas was important as well. And we used to always go to church at midnight on Christmas Eve. And there would be a service with carols sung. Carols are um, Christmas hymns. Um, so, I, so that part. And the other thing that we've always, as a family, continued to do is to have um, a nativity display. Um, so we have characters that are around a what is the representation of a stable where Jesus is born and we have uh, Mary and Joseph and shepherds and kings, uh, characters, little figures that, that uh, represent these things. And um, we still do that. And, and uh, Janice, my wife, makes a very a really elaborate um, nativity display, um, which the children always like to see in the lead up to Christmas. And then when they come and see us on Christmas Day, Lo and behold, there's also a little baby figure 
in the middle of in the middle of that as well. So th those are some of my memories and some of the traditions that we've continued. The other important part has always been the Christmas meal. And I think, Christine, you're going to tell us a bit about your experience of that. Yes, thank you, Mark. It, it, I am. I mean, because eating, it is a time of feasting, as you said, uh, Sheena, from, from, from ancient times. And it's certainly a time of feasting now. And there is a traditional Christmas meal. Um, you, you could say it's turkey and Brussels sprouts and Christmas pudding, perhaps, would be what you would expect. But I remember as a child in Scotland, um, so I'm in my 60s now, so this will be in the in the 50s, um, as a child in Scotland, we didn't have turkey. We would have pheasants, perhaps, if my father had shot one, or um, or a goose if he'd shot one of those. You know, so that's that. But anyway, we had we would have a pheasant, and we would always have a Christmas pudding which is a pudding made with lots of dried fruit. And then it's, it's set alight. Brandy, they pour brandy. I say they pour brandy over it. Now it's me, it used to be my mother, would pour brandy over it and set it alight. So it's brought to the table in flames. And if you're very lucky when you, when you have a, a, a helping of Christmas pudding, you're going to find in it a silver thruppenny. That's what certainly what we had in in my childhood and or if you've got a and it, that meant you were going to be very lucky that year sometimes you could find a button and that meant you were going to be very hard working uh no sorry i've got that wrong the button means you're going to be poor there was a thimble to show that you were going to be very hard working and a foreign coin if you find one of those that would show that you were going to travel so that was my childhood. And these days, you know, as uh, I, when I brought up my own uh, child uh, um, for the meal, for Christmas meal, of course, would be very important. But we would usually mi uh, mix with group of friends. We'd eat with friends, friends from all over the country, all over different parts of the United Kingdom. We'd sit down for a huge meal. But of course, everybody had to have their own traditions. And so we discovered that the traditions are different. For example, one friend, uh, we certainly would have soup as a starter, but oh no, somebody else had to have a prawn cocktail. Uh, somebody had to have smoked salmon. So we'd have three different starters. And then we, we would settle on a turkey because there were a few people who were used to turkeys and they were adamant. And of course, we were such a large group that a turkey is very good because turkeys are large birds. We need roast potatoes. Oh, no, we need mashed potatoes. Let's have both. This was how our planning meetings would, would go. We'd have carrots. We'd have um, parsnips. We, we, we'd just have a huge amount of food. Oh, I haven't mentioned, of course, we'd start the meal with crackers. Somebody has to have Christmas crackers. And they're um, paper tubes that when you pull apart, two people pull them apart with, and they explode with a bang. And inside is a, a hat to wear. So you would be wearing a, a paper hat during the meal um, and a, a silly joke. 
and uh, if you're very lucky a little present uh, a key ring in my experience mainly um so little nonsense presents and for pudding of course we'd i mean in my I, i'd insist we'd have to have the christmas pudding uh, but somebody else another family have to have a trifle which is fruit and custard and cream and jelly mixed together so we'd have to have a christmas pudding and a trifle but then somebody else would have to have a yule log and that's not they didn't mean something to burn on the fire. They meant a chocolate Swiss roll um, as a pudding. And then somebody else, of course, had to have fruit salad. So we would have four desserts. Food tradition, which is a particularly Yorkshire one. Most, most, all of us, all of our families had Christmas cake at some point, which is, a, a, again, a rich fruit cake with marzipan and icing on it and they're decorated with Christmas type scenes. But in Yorkshire, I learned to eat that Christmas cake with cheese. I was a bit surprised the first time I had it, but I've grown to love it now. So we have Christmas cake and cheese, not with the meal, but at some other point in the day. Another aspect of the commercialization of Christmas, isn't it? It really has become a big shopping fest now. We've just, we've brought in that idea about um, that Christine said, the commercialization of Christmas. So I guess let's explain that word. So if you commercialize something, it means it turns into buying and selling of things, um, spending money on things. Um, from the business side it's about marketing things about trying to persuade people to spend lots of money on things and I don't think there's any doubt that uh, certainly in my lifetime I remember when I was young my sister and I we, we were in a, a very comfortably off family but we only got one present each from our parents and uh, I'd then get a few small presents from one or two of my other relatives and that was it um, and I have to say now that most of my grandchildren will get piles of presents bought for them by also all their relatives me included we spoil them we spend lots of money and it does feel to me that Christmas has become um, it's gone it it's gone too far in my view ar around that idea that you have to spend lots of money give lots of presents to lots of people and that puts huge pressure on families that actually don't have a lot of money um, who feel that they have to do that for their children and, and there's lots of evidence that families go into significant debt so they owe lots of money as a result of Christmas. Well I, 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 I agree with you and it is so sad. I believe you're going to talk to um, the vicar at St Augustine's about the Christmas message and about the Christian tradition and it is, I mean I'm, I'm not a Christian myself but that, that nonetheless that message of goodwill to all men at Christmas time can get lost in the commercialization and puts a lot of stress on people yeah. and I find that very sad. Yeah. Well, I, yes, I agree, but I think maybe this year things might be a little bit different because of COVID. I think less people are going out shopping 
to buy things. Um, less people care about material things. I think they care about um, the health, the health of of people and their well being. So maybe this year might might be a little bit different. Things might be a little bit simpler. And it might all be about just caring for each other, which would be a really good thing after the year we've had. Sheena, I agree with you. I mean, the other thing is there will be less meeting of large families together. I mean, people are um, being advised uh, not to have big gatherings at Christmas because of the worry about spreading the virus at that time. And I think that does mean that Christmas will be scaled down. It'll be a smaller event perhaps this year. But I, I like very much what you say about maybe it's also a place where people will just think more about caring for each other. Um, well, I'm delighted to say today that uh, we're joined by John, that's Reverend John, who is the Vicar of St. Augustine's and is also the chair of our charity. Um, John, very nice to have you have you with us. It's good to be with you. Thank you. Good. So uh, we're talking about Christmas this episode, John. So tell me how you what the what the importance is of Christmas to Christians. Um, well, it's a celebration of the start of the greatest event um, in history as far as Christians are concerned, which is the whole life story of Jesus. Um, so for Christians, um, Jesus is God in human form, God come down to earth. So the birth of Jesus is the moment at which God, who we believe created the whole of the universe or universes, um, steps into that creation as part of his creation in the form of a little helpless baby uh, who was named Jesus, um, which means God saves. And for Christians, the whole of the birth, life, uh, teaching, um, death and resurrection of Jesus is all part of one significant event in the history of the universe. And so Christmas marks the beginning of that, the point at which God um, comes uh, as part of his creation so that we see a God who is not uh, separate from his creation, sending down instructions about how we should live or what we should do, uh, but rather who comes himself to be part of his creation and, and demonstrate it by his very life, by his teachings, and perhaps most importantly um, for Christians, by, by the way that he lived and gave his life um, the first Easter time. So Christmas and Easter for Christians are linked events, if you like, even though they're separated um, originally by maybe 33 years. Um, but for us, three months, give or take, uh, in an annual remembrance of those events. 
So it's the start of that. Um, and that's why it's important as we mark the birth of any child. Um, for most people, we mark that annually. So we do with what we would argue is the most important child, Jesus. That's lovely, John. Thank you. And, and the Christian story, uh, sorry, the Christmas story itself, is that an important part of that? It is. I think um, a lot of the Christmas story that we tell so um, easily um, and remember is is just that, a story. It's not actually what most Christians would accept as happened because it's not described in that way in the Bible. Um, but but the basic outlines of it, I guess, are. Um, so I guess most of us are happy to go with the sort of generally accepted story, even though the details we would probably um, argue about, if that's the right word. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but they're, they're the trivial details, you know, Mary's always dressed in blue, for example, and the donkey that they rode on, uh, whatever that is, wherever that comes from. Uh, the fact that there were three wise men, we're never told that, for example. Um, things like that, they're details, not not the heart of it. The heart of it is the fact that Jesus was born, and for Christians, that baby is both God and human being. That's great. Thank you, John. And how do you feel about the fact that, I mean, Christmas is celebrated, well, it's celebrated in most countries, as far as I can tell, around the world in some form or other. It's celebrated by people of other faiths. Mm. It's celebrated by people with no faith. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Um, personally, um, it's great that people talk about the Christian story and the Christmas story together because they're interlinked. So whether people have a personal faith um, or a faith that's different from mine, the fact that we're able to talk about it perhaps more than at this time of year than other times of year is, is a positive thing. It's probably the time of year um, that more people come into a church building than any other time of year. Um, as a general rule and it's great to be able to share that story so for me that side of things is great I do personally rather bemoan I suppose the the commercialization in the sense that the pressure that many people feel to spend money uh, there's all the other bits that are positive you know the family atmosphere the family gatherings and so forth that are positive they're all part of things that human beings affirm and, and Christians affirm too. I think the pressure to spend money that lots of people struggle with um, and the significant numbers of people that get into significant debt in order to celebrate in what they think is an appropriate way worries me. But that that's, um, in a sense, that's not a Christian worry. That's a human worry that people get into those sorts of problems um, celebrating in a way that I don't think is, is necessary to the heart of Christmas. That's great. Thank you very much for joining us, John. And uh, if I can wish you from all of us a very Merry Christmas. And uh, a very blessed and peaceful one to everyone who's listening. 
this is our final episode of 2020. We'll be taking a short break, but we'll be back with you early in the new year. Until then, a very happy Christmas to all of our listeners, and we hope you'll join, you, join us again in 2021. You can find the transcript, that's the written version of this episode, on our website www.staugustinecentrehalifax.org.uk and that's where you can also find links to all the other episodes and the transcripts so you can listen and read along at the same time. That's also where you can find out how to donate to help our work. We are a charity supporting particularly refugees, asylum seekers and migrants, but also all those in need in our local area. And uh, we would welcome your support if you felt able to give it. If you follow on the website the links to get involved and donate. We also have an email address, that's englishforlifeintheuk at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you, your thoughts on our podcast and ideas for the future. We also have a Twitter account at Esol Saint and there is additional material on that site. I'll spell out all those addresses. So the website www.st a-u-g-u-s-t-i-n-e-s-c-e-n-t-r-e-h-a-l-i-f-a-x dot org dot uk So that's the website. The email is English for Life in the UK at gmail.com and that's English for spelt F O R. And finally, the Twitter account is at capital E S O L capital S A I N T.